Hello and welcome to the Forest of the Fae. Here on Pop Culture Fae, we take a look at movies, TV, comics, and other popular media through the lens of the queer folks of society. I am Miller C. Lashbrook and I am your host on your journey through the Forest of the Fae. This week on Pop Culture Fae, I will be discussing not only the 2023 Pokemon Day Pokemon Presents news, but also The Mandalorian Chapter 17. I hope you enjoy. Alrighty, this is Faye News. In this segment, I'll cover this week's big entertainment news that caught my eye. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Um, I had a week off from the podcast last week. Part of it has been the slowness of entertainment news. Um, February was not the most exciting month for entertainment news. Um, But also the other part of it was like life has just been a little, little hectic. So originally I was going to put an episode out this past Monday after the Pokemon presents uh, about all the news. And then I was like, oh, maybe I'll wait until Wednesday to talk about the new Mandalorian episode. And then I realized, well, what would then my episode the next week be about? Because the Mandalorian was going to be the thing for that. So it was just a mess of me procrastinating and not knowing what to talk about and everything. Um, Partially because I thought I was going to have more to talk about from the Pokemon Presents and also thought I would have more to talk about for The Mandalorian. So since I don't have a ton to say about both of those, I thought I'd put them together in an episode to give you a full episode rather than uh, giving you kind of a little uh, a shorter episode. So let me go through the Fae news here. I'm going to talk about the Pokemon news as part of Fae news. And then for like the main topic today, I'll be talking about Mando chapter 17. So in general news, uh, the SAG Awards happened last weekend. The SAG SAG is the Screen Actors Guild Awards. And the reason why the SAG Awards are so important for awards season is because actors make up the biggest chunk of voters in the Academy. So the SAG Awards tend to be a pretty nice predictor of who will go on to win a lot of the awards or the awards at the Oscars, which uh, the Oscars are next weekend. So for the SAG Awards, I think the most notable takeaway from it was that the cast of Everything Everywhere All at Once, uh, the, the film Everything Everywhere All at Once, won the most awards for the night. Michelle Yeoh took away the award for Best Actress. Kyu uh, Hua Kwan took away the award for Best Supporting Actor. And Best Supporting Actress went to Jamie Lee Curtis, which many were actually surprised by that Angela Bassett didn't get that award for Wakanda Forever. But putting that idea aside, the fact that Everything Everywhere All at Once 
won as many awards as it did at the SAG Awards is a very good sign that the movie could go on to win Best Picture next weekend at the Oscars. It's also a great sign that Michelle Yeoh will uh, win the Best Actress Award, even though uh, the even though uh, she hasn't won Best Actress at all of the awards. Kate Blanchett has won for Tar at some of the awards throughout the season, and uh, it's a good sign for Kay Kwan, who has won the Best Supporting Actor Award at most of the awards throughout the awards season. So, I think the Oscars. It, it should be, it, if you liked everything ever all at once, it might be a good night next weekend uh, to, to watch. Uh, now, if you're asking yourself, what else should I know about the Oscars? I mean, uh, there are 10 Best Picture nominees. Uh, good Morning America this weekend ran a little story about how you could watch all the movies the next week before the Oscars and all of that. Um, definitely some some great ones in there there's some best picture nominees i haven't seen yet so i'm going to try to watch the some of those this week not going to get to all of them but i will try to watch some but uh it should be a good night jimmy kimmel is hosting the show next weekend next sunday so he's kind of you can kind of take him or leave him (laughs) he's kind of the vanilla ice cream of Oscar hosts really uh, he'll get the job done but it's not like an exciting choice or anything um, so it, it should be a fun night get your friends together watch the Oscars or sit on the couch with like some food and you'll have a good time in Marvel news and MCU news Stephen Yeon uh, from The Walking Dead also the voice of Mark on Invincible has been cast in the Thunderbolts. Now, the heavy rumor, and again, rumor, so take this with a grain of salt, the heavy rumor right now is that he will be, in fact, playing the character Sentry, who is a Superman-like character in the Marvel comics that uh, is has been known to kind of have an evil kind of alter to himself um the void that can come out it's like a human bomb kind of um he's featured heavily in a lot of early 2000s comics not so much the kind of like current marvel comics is he featured in also in mcu news Last weekend, uh, Quantumania had its second weekend uh, at the box office, and Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania saw the largest second weekend drop for any Marvel movie uh, in history, which is not great. It shows that like a lot of the fans went that opening weekend, and this movie does not really have legs. We'll see how it does in the third weekend, uh, but the it's not a good sign for this movie now granted the ant-man movies have historically been lower grocers uh for the mcu but i think that marvel and disney were hoping with the addition of modok but especially the addition of kang that that would be enough to get more people to come out 
that this has been touted as like the start of phase five, uh, the, the, the beginning of a new dynasty, as they said on the poster. But, I mean, people will watch it. <laughs> it just might be from the comfort of their home that they're going to watch it. So I would, because of this, because just speaking numbers-wise, there's a lot fewer people who have seen this movie. I mean, I would not be surprised to see that Ant-Man finds its way to Disney+. Plus quicker i also would not be surprised to see if ant-man finds its way to disney plus as a premiere access title now we haven't seen them use premiere access in a little bit um but i mean kind of thinking of the way the business model works for releasing a film digital with a lot of disney's recent releases they've just put them right on disney plus without extra cost but if you've got all these people who haven't seen the ant-man movie and it's still technically in theaters maybe plop it on disney plus for premiere access for a couple weeks and then make it available on disney plus for no extra cost emma or maybe they'll put it on itunes and make it available to uh, purchase digitally on there and then after a couple weeks, then it goes to Disney Plus. But I think with the announcements that Bob Iger has made about the company and how they're going to be rethinking release strategies, I wouldn't be surprised if they tried to get a little bit more return on their investment here from this movie since it hasn't made as much money in the box office. Moving on in Star Wars news, uh, we obviously on Wednesday, on March 1st, got the season premiere of The Mandalorian with uh, season three, episode one, also titled chapter 17, The Apostate. And uh, I'll be talking about that during the main topic for today, for sure. In Disney news, we got a trailer for Peter Pan and Wendy. This is a movie going directly to Disney Plus on April 28th. It looks like a Disney Plus movie. It it definitely looks higher quality than Pinocchio. But I think I would kind of, it looks like it's kind of at that same level as like Hocus Pocus 2 or um, Enchanted 2. I don't think this movie, just based on the trailer, looks like it's the quality of something that could be released theatrically. Specifically, it's something about the lighting. Uh, it it looks kind of flat in a way. Uh, it doesn't have the depth that a theatrical release typically has. But it looks fun. Uh, the cast looks like they're doing a great job. I think this is looks like an interesting adaptation of Peter Pan and Wendy. I hope that there's not the stuff like... I hope that some of the problematic elements of Peter Pan have been left out. I'll put it that way. Um, and I'm excited to see Yar Shahidi as Tinkerbell because I think that is pretty good casting for Tink. 
We also got another Disney trailer this week. We got the trailer for uh, the upcoming Haunted Mansion movie starring none other than Ahsoka Tano herself, Rosario Dawson. And this movie does look like it's meant for the theater. This movie's coming out July 28th, so we're getting an end of summer release. Perfect for that window of having it drop then on Disney Plus before Halloween, right? But this looks like it is going to marry the horror and comedy aspects of the ride really well. More so than the Eddie Murphy movie from the early 2000s did. I think that movie famously leaned too much into comedy and not enough on the horror. And this one looks like it's going to have a good balance. So... I'm excited to see it. In other movie news, uh, the Super Mario Brothers movie moved up two days. So now it's releasing on a Wednesday. So interesting choice. I guess uh, they want those big weekend box office headlines that releasing on a Wednesday could offer. Interesting. Some people online did point out that by having this movie release on a Wednesday, though... It means that the early evening premieres the night before, which would usually be on a Thursday, would be on a Tuesday for this movie. And a lot of movie theaters around the country have Tuesdays as like kind of a discount day. So unless the movie theater excludes this new movie from their kind of discount day of, of releases then some theaters you might be able to go see the premiere of a brand new movie for like a cheaper price which would be interesting and uh, that could even help the box office here so with this announcement uh, expect some big opening weekend headlines it's going to be fudged a little bit of course because they're getting some extra days in there compared to other movies but do expect some big headlines out of this movie i think the super mario brothers movie is going to be huge i it's going to be bigger than i think hollywood is anticipating uh, like mario is just a character a brand that is ubiquitous in pop culture thanks to nintendo and i'm really excited for this movie i think it's going to be if 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 not anything it's going to be a fun ride also in movie news uh, last night at none other than the Kids' Choice Awards, uh, we got the reveal for the upcoming Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem, which is an upcoming animated movie uh, being released in theaters August 4th uh, of this year. Now, they showed a couple little clips of uh, the movie, and it looks like we've got kind of the two and a half D or like the cell shaded 3d models uh, that have started to become really popular in animation with movies like Puss in Boots, the last wish, but especially after um, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse kind of popularized that look uh, for animation. And I think it looks cool. The cast, I'm not familiar with those voicing the turtles, but it was announced that Jackie Chan is going to be voicing Splinter. I think that's wonderful casting. Um, Seth Rogen is going to be Bebop, and John Cena is going to be 
Rocksteady. Rose Byrne is going to be voicing a character. So there's a lot of um, fun to be had in this. And there were some other actors announced as well uh, in the cast. Definitely um, check that out. It's going to, looks like it's going to be a fun movie. In TV news, last week we got The Last of Us Episode 7. We've got two episodes left. I will be interested to see uh, if The Last of Us changes its release for the finale because it would be airing against the Oscars. Now, granted, every year the amount of people who watch the Oscars dips and drops off. If they don't, if it's still releasing at that 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Sunday, I think I'll probably just pause the Oscars, go watch the episode, and then come back uh, to the Oscars. But we'll see what, uh, what they do if HBO thinks that there's reason to not have it air at its normal time. Uh, we'll see. Okay, the last thing in Fey news that I want to talk about is the Pokemon Presents. So, every year, end of February, February 27th, is Pokemon Day. It's the anniversary of the release of Red and Green in Japan, when the games were released February 27th, 1996. And so every year, typically on the 27th, Game Freak celebrates by having a Pokemon Presents live stream where they announce new um, content. Typically, this these are the live streams where they will announce new games. And in recent years, new DLC for games. So going into the Pokemon Presents, the internet had plenty of predictions, of course, of things. I think everybody online was pretty sure that DLC for Scarlet and Violet was going to get announced. The internet was also pretty sure that the Pokemon Sleep app was going to be talked about again because it was announced a while ago, but hasn't been talked about since. And the one big thing that it seemed like a lot of people online were sure was going to happen, right? Many people were predicting this or saying that rumors were saying that it's going to happen. But many people online were predicting that because we just got Game Boy and Game Boy Advance uh, titles on Switch Online that we were going to be getting at least some Pokemon games on Switch Online, whether it be like Gen 1, maybe Red, Blue, Green, and Yellow, or maybe we'd get the Gen 1 and 2 games, maybe even get Ruby, Sapphire, and Emerald. There were, of course, plenty of people trying to make predictions, which that would have been cool. That didn't happen, right? So what we did get... We got some new information, of course, about mobile titles. They talked about a little bit about Pokemon Unite, uh, Cafe Remix, and uh, Pokemon Go, of course. Now, 
I think the most interesting part of the Pokemon Go news was that we learned that Go is going to be able to connect to Scarlet and Violet before it looks like Pokemon Home is set up to connect to Scarlet and Violet. And with this connection to Go, it looks like we're going to be able to get Gimmigul's roaming form in both games, in Go and in Scarlet and Violet. Gimmigul's chest form would then also be available in Go, it looks like. But also, for me, as someone who likes collecting and completing the Pokedex and getting different forms of Pokemon, it looks like we'll also have a way using the postcard system in Pokemon Go to collect the different um, Vivian uh, forms. So if you're not familiar with the Pokemon Vivian, it is basically a butterfly that has different patterns. And in the original game, the patterns are determined based on the part of the world where the Vivian or its previous evolutions were caught, uh, like where the person playing the game was uh, who lived in the world, where they lived in the world. Uh, in Scarlet and Violet, you can catch Vivian, but it is just one version of Vivian um, for everybody. But the but through data mining, we have known that all of the different patterns of Vivian were in the game's code. We just didn't know how it was going to get worked in. And so Pokemon Go is the way. Then, of course, um, it was revealed a little trailer for Pokemon Sleep. This is an upcoming mobile app that's releasing soon. It wasn't given a date that will allow people to track their sleep in like a cute Pokemon way. Basically you'll set it, uh, set it up before you go to bed. You'll turn it on when you go to sleep and then you'll turn it off when you wake up and it will have tracked your sleep while you're asleep. And based on how you slept, you'll get a type of sleep and like a little Pokemon to match with it. So it showed like a little, it, showed at one point like a cute little like toted aisle keeping one eye open while he's sleeping uh of course snorlax is the mascot of this game makes sense right snorlax pokemon sleep and this looks like just a cute way to kind of incorporate pokemon into the healthy habit of like knowing about how you're sleeping and keeping track of that the big news, of course, though, for the Pokemon Presents was our announcement for DLC for Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. And things pretty much played out how people predicted. The DLC overall, which now can be pre-ordered, um, is titled The Hidden, the Hidden Treasure of area zero area zero is the kind of crazy crater area in the middle of the map in scarlet and violet where you can catch high level pokemon you can catch the paradox forms uh in your game and many had predicted that 
the DLC was going to have to do with Area Zero. Now, seemingly no connection here in the DLC to Kalos, which was the other major prediction that we are going to get an X and Y connection since France and Spain are so close together. But seemingly there is no kind of connection for that. Now, uh, the DLC will be in two parts. Part one will be released in early fall and part two in late fall. We're assuming, people online are assuming late fall release date for the second part is going to be around that typical November Pokemon release date where a game usually goes. Um, that would be my guess, at least, unless they announce another title or a remake or a Legends game later in the year. But it, but if they don't, then it's probably pretty safe to say that the part two of this DLC will be that week before Thanksgiving date that Pokemon likes. Now, part one of the DLC uh, is titled The Teal Mask, and it looks like it is going to entail your character going on a summer trip, uh, like um, almost like a, like a little camping trip where uh, you'll go to some sort of village. Some are predicting that maybe this village is going to be in the northern part of the map that is kind of blocked off in Scarlet and Violet, um, which would kind of be that area between France and Spain uh, in real life. And so some people are still kind of holding out for X and Y connections there. The legendary that is associated with part the part one of the DLC uh, looks like some sort of monkey or sapien type creature uh, that is holding a teal mask <laughs> and there's some kind of jeweling on the legendary so people are thinking maybe there is some sort of terrestrial connection there with the with the pokemon uh the pokemon is a grass type um or is not a grass type i'm sorry um and it is titled ogre pond so he's got like um, a little kind of leafy mask with some crystals on it and looks to be some sort of like cat or monkey type creature. Uh, some other Pokemon were uh, revealed to be a part of this DLC as well. And uh, we've got kind of three Pokemon. I don't know if they're starters or or what but they uh their names are pheasant to pheasant to pity and monkey dory so we've got like a pheasant a um bipedal dog and a little monkey now, many people online have pointed out that this first DLC looks like it has kind of ties to a Japanese folktale called Tale of the Momotaro, um, and where they think that um, the ogre pond is supposed to be the ogre or oni uh, from the story. 
and that the three other Pokemon are the bird, dog, and monkey that are companions of like the main character in this folklore. So that's kind of interesting thing to note. Now, part two of the DLC is called the Indigo Disc, and its little mascot legendary is called Terrapagos, uh, or Terrapagos, and it is a turtle whose shell looks to be made out of like different crystals. Um, and it almost looks like the different shards that you can find around Scarlet and Violet with the different symbols of types. So it definitely feels like this legendary is going to be connected to terrestrializing. Now, in this DLC, it was revealed that you will be going to be an exchange student at the Blueberry Academy, which looks to be this sort of oceanic-like artificial island kind of place where you're going to be going and not too much was revealed about um the story of this other than um some new npcs that we'll be interacting with carmine and kieran who are in blue in their kind of like blueberry academy attire um now the name of tarapagos i think it's like interesting of course it made me think of the galapagos islands where um you famously had darwin go and study the um tortoise population and so we have a turtle tortoise like pokemon named terapagos um we're thinking about like evolution and terrestrializing there might be a, com a connection there somehow it was also revealed that in both parts of the DLC, we'll be getting some old Pokemon returning. So we were shown specifically that in the Teal Mask, uh, we'll get Pokemon like Chingling, Shiftry, Ninetales, Chargebug, uh, Yanma, and Milotic returning. And then in the Indigo Mask, we'll get Blizzstrika, Alcremi, Esprit, uh, Metagross, Dugong, and Whimsicott returning. So we'll get some old Pokemon returning. I know there's rumors of around maybe 130-ish new Pokemon coming back. So that'll be interesting as well. Um, the the last kind of big thing uh, that, that was announced was that we have two new Paradox Pokemon coming to the game. You can find them in raids right now in the game. Uh, so we have in Pokemon Scarlet, we have Walking Wake, which is a Paradox, a past Paradox form of Suicune. It makes Suicune look like a dinosaur, essentially, uh, which is really cool. And then we also have Iron Leaves, which is a future Paradox form of uh, Verizion. So it's kind of like a robotic Verizion, um, which can be found in Pokemon Violet in raids right now. So um, definitely check out those raids and you could uh, jump into your friend's raids if you wanted to catch uh, the other version. Now you can only uh, catch one of each, so keep that in mind as well. 
uh, you can only have one of each of those Pokemon in your game. So um, that concludes the Fey news for today. I know that was a lot because of the Pokemon stuff in there. I'm definitely excited about the DLC. I'm hoping that some patches come with the DLC. And there's even rumors, again, rumors, not necessarily trumors, but rumors <laughs> that we could be getting a second generation of the Switch, like a true upgrade of the Switch, Switch 2 or Pro or whatever you want to call it, uh, with upgraded hardware for um, the like CPU and graphics in November um, before the holiday season to coincide with the second round of the DLC. And I mean, we've got Tears of the Kingdom coming later this year and we have th like Pokemon DLC, Scarlet and Violet already itself is not functioning great on the Switch. If that is the case, that would be very welcome um, because yeah, the hardware needs some work, <laughs> definitely. Um, but yeah, that concludes Fey News for this week. Next up uh, are the main topic for this week, Mandalorian Chapter 17. Alrighty, so Mand Mando... <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Uh, let's start that again, sorry. Ooh. <laughs> the Mandalorian Chapter 17. Um, I, I guess I'll start by saying I was expecting more. I wish that wasn't my takeaway from this premiere because I was excited for it. The, this episode, it definitely, like, it's promising a lot for the season, right? Setting up things with, between Din and Bo, um, planting some interesting seeds of like conflict going on, um, giving us a new villain in this episode. But really what it feels like this episode is doing more than anything is catching up the people who didn't watch Book of Boba Fett. Like I was ready to just jump into things and kick it into like gear and go. Uh, but I guess because uh, Book of Boba Fett didn't perform as well as The Mandalorian, maybe the producers thought we need to kind of fill in those gaps for people who didn't watch it. So a lot of this episode was kind of Mando talking about like, what happened <laughs> to Grief Karga and kind of filling that in. I think really above all else though, the world building was the standout in this episode seeing how much navarro has grown under grief uh karga seeing how it's like become this prosperous port how grief is like running things a little bit differently was great getting a look at how the mandalorians who practice the way uh kind of indoctrinate new people into their way <laughs> their cult uh right for lack of a better 
we're getting a look at where's where Bo is living, right? Because Bo is not on Mandalore. Um, there were a lot of like interesting world building seeds planted here. I think uh, we we did get some interesting action, right? We the like giant alligator turtle thing attack at the beginning. Mando comes in to kind of swoop in and save the day, right? And then uh, we get a fun dogfight in the episode two with uh, the pirates trying to attack Mando as he leaves Navarro. And uh, we get introduced to what seems like a new villain with uh, 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 like seaweed <laughs> look to him. Um he he looks like something you eat at like as like a side dish uh in like a bento box <laughs> but he I, I like the design i think he looks cool uh reminds me kind of of an ahab type character um like from moby dick uh this like kind of very piratey look to him i love space pirates so i'm all here for having this new villain that's going to be going after mando i think that'll be interesting um but i mean not a lot of like new stuff to talk about grogu's being cute uh throughout the episode he's definitely looks a little bit more he's growing up a little bit right and I mean, yeah, it was fun. I just, I needed a little bit more meat on the bones for the actual, like, plot, seeing, like, where are we going with this story? Which, seemingly, this season is really going to center around um, the conflict between Bo-Katan and Din, and how he has the dark saber he could be the the quote-unquote ruler of the mandalorians right because he has it but he doesn't really want it and uh Bo does but she's she needs to win it uh so I, like this could only really come to a head in like some sort of like duel or conflict between the two of them uh so it'll be interesting to see how that unfolds i'll also be very intrigued to see if mando season three plants any seeds that are going to get picked up by ahsoka because we had of course her episode in season two setting up that she's looking for thrawn uh and she did appear in book of boba fett right um in those episodes with grogu and luke and so I'll be interested to see if we get any more kind of seeds planted for her show, since that is supposedly coming to us um, later this year. We're expecting to get her show. So, yeah, I, I think that'll be interesting to see. I'm glad to have a Disney Plus show back, not having one around since Andor ended has been a little weird, right? I like having at least one Disney Plus show going on, whether it's a Marvel or Star Wars show. Um, and uh, I mean, I guess we've had we've had the Bad Batch going, of course, and we had Willow. Uh, 
uh, going as well, which um, both good shows, but not the like level of hype of like the Mandalorian or even Andor or the MCU shows. So uh, I think we're going to get here a solid eight weeks of nice uh, content out of this show. Uh, Hopefully we get some really nice kind of surprises like, like uh, Ahsoka's episode or all the stuff with Bo-Katan or even the Luke reveal right at the end of, uh, of season two, which the marketing has been kind of sparse in what it's shown. I think this episode showed us that a lot of the marketing campaign has been shots from this episode. So we shall see uh, kind of where things go from here. And uh, yeah, I'm excited for the, for the rest of the season. I think on here, based on kind of thinking through how this week went with this first episode of season three, I think that for the coming weeks as this show airs, I am going to talk about it week to week on here, which I, I haven't really done for any shows so far. I haven't really kept up with a show each week as it airs uh, on on the podcast here. I've kind of been doing a, I'll start the with the season and then I'll do like a end of season episode when something wraps. Um, but I think the way that I want to approach things is like going with the show as we go. So, uh, I definitely will be covering each episode every week as we go. Expect next week's episode of Pop Culture Fay to drop on Monday so I can talk about the Oscars and the Last of Us finale. Um, we will... The only reason why it might come sooner than that would be if I want to save The Last of Us and instead talk about Scream 6. So just kind of looking ahead, if you will, um, with next weekend, we start to get into kind of a whirlwind of like a month and a half of movies. So this coming weekend um, on Friday, we have Scream 6 releasing. (laughs) Then uh, kind of looking ahead at content that I'm excited for. Uh, Then the week after next, we get Ted Lasso Season 3 premiering. Shadow and Bone Season 2 premieres on Netflix on March 16th. We have DLC coming out for The Sims 4 that um, looks exciting, growing together. And the 17th of March, we have Shazam! Fury of the Gods coming out. So two weekends back-to-back, we have some movies that I'm looking to, to go see. The following weekend, on March 24th, we have John Wick Chapter 4 coming out. Same day that Yellow Jacket Season 2 starts. And that Sunday, Succession Season 4 starts. Uh, then, <laughs> so we've got 
kind of three things packed into that weekend. The weekend after that, March 31st, we have Dungeons & Dragons Honor Among Thieves coming out. Um, Also on the 31st, uh, Tetris, the movie about the making of the game Tetris, goes on Apple TV. Then the week after that, we get the Super Mario Brothers movie. And so we've got kind of four solid weeks of stuff coming out, a lot of stuff to get excited about. And even then, we've got a little bit of a gap, but then April, toward the end, we get, we've get we got the Power Rangers 30th anniversary special. We've got Evil Dead Rise, Peter Pan and Wendy, um, Star Wars Jedi Survivor, all at the end of April. And then when we get into May, we've got Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. We've got The Little Mermaid, Suicide Squad, Kills the Justice League, all in May as well. So there's a lot of stuff to be excited for coming down the the pipeline um in terms of nerd content to be excited for and so i think the way i'm going to approach the mandalorian because i do really love this show and i want to talk about it each week is that it'll at least be a it'll at least be like a partial segment uh so i might be looking at doing two shorter segments uh over the next couple of weeks as this airs rather than one longer segment uh sort of like i did this week uh with the pokemon presents talking about that during fey news but before i wrap up here bringing it back to the mandalorian um i thought this was like a solid b of it b episode like it wasn't a bad episode by any means uh but it didn't really get me super excited about the season going forward other than just the fact that the Mandalorian is airing again right uh, so I'll be interested to see if episode two kind of uh, puts like pushes down on the pedal and gets the gas going here um, that that would be my my wish for episode two so that concludes my uh, main topic for this week talking about the Mandalorian chapter 17. Um, and yeah, I hope, hope you enjoyed that. Alrighty, well, thank you for joining me today as I discussed the 2023 Pokemon Presents as well as The Mandalorian chapter 17. If you're listening and enjoying the podcast, please give it a review on your podcasting platform. Love me some five-star reviews. That would be wonderful. Also, if you have a friend who would like to listen to the podcast, uh, make sure to share it with them to grow our little community here. Um, I want to give a shout out to my listeners that even as I've had some sporadic releases over the next uh, last couple months, things have not been dropping super consistently that you have kept with it and kept listening. I appreciate you so much. You are the reason I keep coming back uh, to, to do these episodes in addition to just enjoying talking about nerdy stuff. So thank you for that. Once again, I am Miller C. Lashbrook. You can find me on Twitter at Mill C. Lashbrook and on Instagram at Miller C. Lashbrook. 
And for more Pop Culture Fae, you can head to my website, popculturefae.com, for blog posts and more content. I know I haven't been doing the blog post thing um, too much lately. I'm going to try to be getting back into it once uh, musical season is finished at work here uh, in April. So look out for that. If you would like to leave a voice message for the podcast or financially support the podcast, you can do so by going to anchor.fm slash popculturefay. Finally, uh, I want to say that uh, Grief Karga was totally right to have little droids pulling the train of his uh, wonderful cape because that is the aesthetic that I wish I had <laughs> but no it really in all honesty uh, finally I want to say I hope you have a fantastic day I hope you have a fantastic week uh, and I hope to find you the next time you wander into the forest of pop culture fae love you guys Baby, <laughs> <laughs>